25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. Welcome on in, everyone. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, before we get started, you heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports, and DraftKings is the leader and daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all of the action. And now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And Laura, while it's not a fantasy draft, the Seattle Kraken are getting ready to draft their first ever team, and we're going to talk about that today. How are you feeling going into the expansion draft? I'm feeling pretty excited because it is the kickoff to so many things that are happening in the month of July. Um, so we're going to have a lot of Blue Jackets content to talk about. We are, as we are recording this, it is July 14th, and that means we are three days away from all NHL teams having to submit their protected lists to the Kraken, and we are less than a week, actually exactly a week away from the expansion draft live um, from Seattle. And as they've been taunting all of us, um, you know, who of their favorite players are they gonna take from every team? Um, But before we jump into the expansion draft, just a quick shout out to the fact that next Friday, July 23rd is the NHL draft, the big major draft, the Blue Jackets have three picks in the first round, and the Blue Jackets just announced that they are going to be hosting a huge draft party at Nationwide Arena starting at 6 o'clock, leading up to the draft starting at 8. Jeremy and I are both going to be there. We will be one of two a few people wearing, (laughs) subjectively speaking, merch. Um, But if you're going to come out to the party, please stop us if you see us. We would love to interact with you and meet some of the, you know, people we've been interacting with on social media or regular listeners. Um, The team has so much fun stuff in store for everyone, um, including your chance to meet Cam, Jack, or Oliver. Um, So that is going to be awesome. And it'll just be great to be back inside Nationwide with all of our fellow fifth liners. So if you're coming out next Friday, for the official NHL draft um, party, we hope to see you out there. Without a doubt. And the first 4,000 people are getting lanyards. And I was like, I don't even think that there are ever 4,000 people in this arena during the season. Like, that's so fun to think like, oh, people are coming back. This is so good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is really, truly the start of a season that's going to be one for the books. And, you know, it's an off season that is definitely not going to disappoint on content. I am almost sure of it. A lot of really wild things happening in the NHL this week already. Blue Jackets not a part of any of it. Uh, Blue Jacket sibling is a part of it. And a trade that blew my mind uh, that sent Caleb Jones to Chicago. 
Uh, and a lot of people saying that is this possibly like a sweetener to the deal of trying to get Seth Jones to Chicago? I have some thoughts on that, and maybe we can get into that later. But uh, a lot of really fun stuff, a little bit of envy happening over here. I hate what the Minnesota Wild did, but they did something, and that excites me. <laughs> so I'm really excited for us to start doing stuff as well. Uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a wild week. And, and one of the things that we wanted to do as we go into this week, as Laura mentioned, we're about a week away from the NHL expansion draft. And the second most important thing on July 17th is that all lists are due um, to the teams. Number one, of course, being my birthday. How could you forget what um, what's going on? Only and, one of my favorite days of the year. Correct. And so um, – so we're gonna we're gonna create our own subjectively speaking list today. Laura and I don't know who we've protected. Uh, we're gonna get to the end of this and find out that we've protected the same people, and it's gonna be a really anticlimactic. We're not gonna fight at all. Maybe I'll like fuck with mine if you're. <laughs> no, I don't know because you said that before this you listened to our friends over at Front and Nationwide. I did, um, and it did influence your decision. So it did. I have a weird feeling that you're gonna have some like. I feel like my list is going to be like the standard Blue Jackets fan list. Okay. Yours is going to be like the insider information sort of situation. But we did determine how we were going to do this, which is we were going to go through the types of players, a forwards, defenseman, and a goalie. Um, and then we're going to say um, in alphabetical order by last name, who our picks are one at a time in each each position. So, um, so we truly don't know, and no one can make like a weird changeroo, right? Um, in the midst of it. Yeah, if for some reason I say like, oh god, like Cam Atkinson fifth, <laughs> like that, will, then we will know that Jeremy does not know how to do alphabetical order. <laughs> I'll tell you what just haven't really practiced for the last few years. So we'll see if I'm, I'm rusty, but Laura, let's start, let's start with the fewest positions to protect goaltender. Obviously this has been a question for a lot of Blue Jackets fans um, as to how this situation was going to work out. We figured out that it is going to work out in that if the Blue Jackets offer a qualifying offer to Cam jo Johnson, nope, not Cam Jones, uh, then, then he meets the requirements and he can be left exposed so on the count of three, go ahead and let us know who you're protecting. Ready? One, two, three. Jonas, Jonas Corposalo. Yeah, 100%. If, I mean, imagine a world, right, where the Blue Jackets were like, chaos. <laughs> I choose violence today. <laughs> I couldn't even begin to imagine. Uh, so that one was easy. I don't really feel like there's any any commentary to add there. Like, like. Do you feel really no. passionately about? No, right. Corby, I mean, Corpy out of, we only have two that would be available. So right. um, Corpy is, you know, not that Cam Johnson, I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy, but Corpy is, you know, the other half of us right now. So um, obviously we want to protect him. For sure. And yeah, that was like the easiest part of this whole situation. It was. Well, I'll argue that maybe this next section is not too difficult either. We're going to talk about the defensemen. But I want to throw a caveat in here because okay. I'm upset. Okay. <laughs> I am upset because 
if for some reason we decide to trade Seth Jones in the next three days, this is a different list. Okay, then then after we are done with the list, you can tell me who you would put in that spot if this is your this is on this is off the top of your head. I will say I don't think it's going to happen because you're, that's going to require unless we trade a defenseman for a defenseman, it would require a team to protect somebody that they weren't planning to protect going in. And so what leverage do the Blue Jackets have in that situation? So I I don't see it happening. Obviously the Blue Jackets would love for it to happen. Um and maybe we can get into some more of the like you know, hypothetical situations related to that later. Cause I have a little bit of a theory in relation to the protection of defensemen. Um, so maybe we can unpack that after we give our forwards list. That's our little okay. teaser. That's our little teaser, but I will let I you, I will we, let you, we'll say. I guess we, should have, I guess we should have also explained that we were doing the seven, three, one situation. Are we? Cause there's, there's two different plans. Maybe I'm doing the four four one. Maybe I'm doing the eight one. We I'm talked not, about I'm this. <laughs> Y'all, Jeremy and Jess, we're not in the same house. We're not even in the same city, but like I was just gonna be real mad. Real just quick. Fight me. Um that would but be so fun. Good content. Yes. But since we are the podcast that likes to be for fans of all knowledge. In all range. Yes. We should explain, and we should have done this before, so I apologize for my newbies. I am also a newbie still. But there's basically two different ways that a team can go about their protected groups. And one is an eight and one situation, which is eight any players, forwards, defensemen, whatever, and then one goalie. And then the other one, which both of us agree is the more logical way to go about it for the Blue Jackets is to protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. So that's the one that we're going off of today, is the seven, three, and one. Yes. So little lesson on expansion drafts. Yeah. And um, also, for context, today was the last day for teams to ask players with no movement clauses uh, to waive that to be able to be put – like, to be unprotected. So for folks who might listen and say, well – Seth Jones, you know, isn't going to be around. Like, why leave him protected? Obviously, you want to protect your assets, too. Like, you want to make sure you get a return for Seth Jones that you deserve. You don't want to give him up for nothing. But we can't. We can't leave Seth Jones unprotected. We also can't leave Cam Atkinson unprotected. So if you're somebody who's like, maybe Cam Atkinson should be left unprotected, he can't be. Um, and you're also going to have to take that up with Laura. So we'll fight you. Yeah. No, I hope Jeremy uses this as a cut because I will fight you. Um, this is a threat. This is our first threat. This will be our first legal action. Um, so, uh, yes. Yeah, so moving on to the defensemen, I had to do. I ha- I did have to to do the alphabet when I was writing these down because I was like, does this come first or does this? Um, let's go with. We'll just say last names because some of these are a mouthful. AKA the first one. I'm assuming that we're both going to say. Oh so, yes, yeah, so you yeah. just want to say the last name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. So three, two, one. Gavrikov. Okay, great. <laughs> great. I keep like, I go to your lips, right? Like I go to look at your lips to see if you're about to say. I'm like, oh God. I know. I'm like scared. I'm scared that we're going to have to get into a fight for all our viewers. Yeah. Gavrikov is like, it for sure makes sense. There was so much drama at one point about whether or not he would need to be protected. 
update he does. Um, and so he is uh, on my list, at least, and on Laura's list. So, um, Laura, we're two for two. We're not fighting yet. I, I think we have to be on the same page for the next one, if my alphabet serves me right. I mean, based on what we just said, yes. Yeah, but... I was like, I don't, do the Blue Jackets have any? I was like, no. Um, so, three, two, one. Jones. Jones. Yeah. Yes. So, um, again, this is a situation. I'll stop doing all the countdowns. I'll throw it over to you to do our our, our next Ooh, countdown. I get to do our, the third one. Come this on, yeah. Fun. All right. I think based on obviously what we're going to talk about later with this whole issue with Seth is this third choice should also be the same, but let's see how it goes. So mm -hmm. three, two, one, Wierenski. Wierenski. Yeah, I mean it just yeah it makes sense. Um, yeah, you can't you can't let him go. Like you can't. Like even if even if you think he's gonna leave and he's told you that he's not gonna resign as an RFA, you have to protect your assets and he's an asset. And so they're not gonna let him go for free when you can get a return for him. Uh so now things could get interesting. Things could get fancy, some fascinating things. Um so we shall see how this goes. I also want to throw a caveat out here that um, the Blue Jackets have to leave a certain number of players unprotected. Um, so what that means is that you can't just have, you know, players who have never played in the NHL before be left exposed because they meet some other requirements. Like they have to have been in the NHL um, for 54 games over the last, two seasons or 27 last season if they're not and if they didn't meet those requirements then they cannot be on this list so like brandon dubinsky not only is his contract over um at the start of free agency but he also did not play in that many games last year and so or over the course of the last two years so so he would be ineligible um also keep in mind that the blue jackets do have a ton of exempt players uh who might be players that maybe you are shocked to not hear on this list. If this expansion draft was happening next year, we would be grade A fucked, but we're not. Um, so players like Alexander Texier, Emil Bemstrom, uh, those players don't need to be protected. They're safe. Elvis Merzlikens, safe. Um, so let's let's. I'll let you do the honors for the first forward because it well, should. Hold on. So. Oh God. You sent me the list to use. Uh-huh. And now I'm afraid that it was wrong. Oh, no. That's okay. This is going to be fun, listeners, because I'm going to ask this question, and he's either going to look at me like I'm super stupid or... Oh, never. Okay, so the thing that you sent me said people that were highlighted in green were the ones that were eligible. To... um. For the folks who cannot see me, oh, nobody can see me. You can't even see me. Um, I'm on Cap Friendly. Cap Friendly is what Laura's referring to. They have a tool um, that is a Seattle expansion draft simulator. So that's what we were working off of. So, yes, players agree. Let me go look. <laughs> go look, see what kind of a chaos I sent you. Because you did, you, what I'm nervous about is you didn't mention this person that I did not put on my list because. Oh, they might be protected. I just didn't give like a whole list. Like, Okay, I thought yeah. for sure you would have mentioned him, and now I'm, like, freaking out. Patrick Laine. He, he is not in green. He does need to be protected. He technically isn't in green because he, like, is an RFA 
I think probably is why he's not in green. So Patrick Line does need to be protected. Um, so anyway, while y'all are waiting, um, hold on, you talk. I need to make a slide. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is funny though. Um, oh, players who are projected to meet or expose. So yeah, I don't know why. In Laura's defense. Our friends at Cat Friendly have Eric Robinson and Kevin Stumlin being protected and not Patrick Lining, which maybe Laura does too. And maybe like she's going to stick with that. But that is the fun of this situation. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so obviously this is a complex process, right? Like it's just like a way, like it's it's so strange. Some of these rules feel so arbitrary and and so difficult to meet. And it's so hard to keep track of. So it's listen no shame i'm sure your list is immaculate although i'm sure you're broken i'm sure you had a player on your protection list that you thought we were going to be able to keep and now you know we can't and now you're really devastated <laughs> yeah but it's okay i fixed it i understand assets versus emotions too so that you do that you do that has been a growth in a way that i am just like immensely proud of thank you it takes like at least like six years for your heart to be callous though. So like you've got some time. Two more to go. Getting there. All right. So um, I'm assuming that this player was on your original list. So we can go ahead and get her started. I'll let you do the honors of the countdown for the one and only. Awesome. So of our first selected forwards, three, whoop, three, two, one, Cam Atkinson. Yeah, Cam Atkinson right here. Right here, this guy. Um, he has to be. He has to be, but I would even go so far as to say that even if he didn't have to be, I know he'd be on your list. He'd be on mine too. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like, he's not somebody you let let go in a situation like this. You and I have talked about on the podcast before. Maybe his value isn't super high for a return for a trade, but that's not a player, again, that you let walk. You don't let you don't let any players just walk. So like this part sucks. Like this whole thing fucking sucks. But like he's really somebody you don't. And so yeah, Cam Atkinson is easy. Okay. Are we ready for number two? Yeah. Three. Oh wait, are we doing last names? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that works. Okay. Three, two, one, Yorkstrand. Yorkstrand. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I mean, we got Oliver for the long haul. Oliver has huge, huge potential that he's even, I mean, if you just look at his growth chart alone, like Oliver's going places and Oliver is going to be a bright light in this situation that we've, we're getting into and we've got him for five more years, technically. So poor bastard. Stop it. <laughs> All right. So Laura, we're getting into our third. Maybe. I'm nervous our third choice is going to be different. Maybe. We're going to find out together. I'll count it down. Three, two, one. Don't. Yeah. Same page. I think we're going to be the same for our whole list. I really do. I don't uh, know. I think my second to last one is going to be different than yours, but only because of things that you've said before off of the podcast. Oh, shit. Let me... I almost just messed up the alphabetical order. Child, anyways. Oh, God. Okay. You'd have been really confused. <laughs> You'd have been like, wait, why is he? Okay. All right. So we're moving on to our next one. Three, two, what? 
Who who does that? <laughs> Three, two, one. Hey, girl. Jenner. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I was doing a joke. Also, Jenner. <laughs> also, Jenner. Oh no. Yeah. So Boone. Um, that one was tough for me. It's tough because we haven't re-signed him yet, and we need to. I, he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we, if, if we're bad, like if we're not good, he will be a commodity at the deadline. Like he is going to be, and I almost wonder if that's a reason to hold on to him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I almost wonder if holding on to him to be able to get a return that's really good in the future is better than uh, letting Seattle do the same. Because also keep in mind, like if Seattle's not competitive, like they're going to be able to take they're going to take people from teams that have one year left on their deal and they're going to have this exact same mindset, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, like we're not, we might not re-sign this guy. This guy might not want to re-sign his contract with us, but this guy's, you know, a good player. Like this guy could be a piece for a contender that they're willing to pay high dollar for. And for Seattle, it's going to be all about racking up assets, um, you know, for the first few years of their franchise. So that's just as much a part of this game as as fielding a team next year. Now, what my hope is, is we're just competitive enough to keep him and then we sign a new contract. Yeah, Boone Jenner, stand-up guy, big fan, big fan. All right, so then we're moving on to our next one. This is our fifth projected, no, yeah. Math is hard. Math and English are just not my thing tonight. All right, so we got three, two, one, Lining. Lining. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I was trying to decide if I was going to get it on the soapbox. I'm on it. I'm on the soapbox. Jump on it. Because I've been annoyed all day. I The stories that are circulating Twitter today or yesterday, depending on whenever you listen to this, is just dumb. Like, it's just dumb. Like, it's just like, I, I promise that we have been in, in the media enough. Like, we've been you know, the story of Twitter plenty of times over the course of the last 12 years. So, like, I don't know if, like, maybe they're figuring out that Blue Jackets trauma sells or that, you know, everything is chaos here. But the whole Patrick Laine thing and, like, the idea of, like, Brad Larson's the reason that Patrick Laine was benched earlier in the season and this, that, and the other, earlier in the season being February 8th, so over five months ago, um and we talked about it on our podcast like we tweeted it like it's old news ladies and gents so old so we're gonna build a bridge we're gonna get over it speaking of building a bridge he's probably gonna sign a bridge contract here in the course of the next few weeks so it's gonna be fine he's gonna be a blue jacket um i can't wait to take this clip when he gets traded in the next few weeks and be like motherfucker (laughs) stay tuned stay tuned but yeah patrick line pretty easy there laura was okay i guess this isn't a super fair question to ask because you were misled by our friends at cat friendly yeah that's why he wasn't on my list it wasn't my grudge i just thought he was protected so did you have any like as you were doing that just now like as you were like did you have any hesitation to be like maybe we maybe i shouldn't yes because of the person that i had to take off okay 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 cool all right. I, I think people are going to think I'm nuts, but, and it's also where I think we're going to differ. Okay. That's fine. All right. So, do, so you, do you want me to count down number six? 
Yeah. So number six, three, two, one, Nyquist. Nyquist. I know. Ooh. I know. That's where Allison got me. That's where Allison and Porty got me because. See, you... I thought they were going to lead you away from him. No, I. There is, there is value added. I think to, not protecting. Him, I will say that he's not the person I actually thought about not protecting though. Before before I listen to that podcast, he's not the person who I was going to leave off. So we can get there. Um, but let's round it out with our seventh forward who is none other than three, two, one, Rosselvick. So we were dead ass, like fully like the same. Um, I knew when we started this that that was going to be the case because I just know you. Like I knew that you were going to stick to the script. I know you took off Eric Robinson and I know that hurt you. It hurt so, me. Yeah. So I was in the same place, right? Like where it's like, okay, is it Eric Robinson or is it somebody else? Who do you think my other somebody else was? Max. Yeah, it was. Mostly because it was just a thought of whether or not that was going to be something that, um, you know, Seattle would be tempted by. Right. It's also one of those things where, like, because Max is in recovery um, from his shoulder surgery, like... Yeah, say say the last part, because it made it sound like you just checked into, like... (laughs) This is not coming out of Max being in drug recovery or anything of that. (laughs) Max had shoulder surgery and is recovering and won't be able to play until late December, early January. So my thought would be why you would consider leaving him off is because they may not take him because he's injured. So so smart. That's exactly why, right? Like, I mean, like, that's exactly why. But again, I think it goes back to what I just said, right, about Boone Jenner, um, where it's like, you take Max Domi, he might not play for you until January, but the trade deadline's in February. So if a, if a team is like, do you know what I really need? I really need a middle six, top six forward, specifically a top six center, who is going to give me depth down the middle and who is going to, um, you know, take us to the Stanley Cup promised land. And and that is for sure a huge asset. And I, I do think they said that he was an RFA on Front Nationwide, but he is going to be a UFA after this season. So um you know at least according to our friends at cat friendly and so it's like the blue jackets again might be using him as a piece at, to to collect assets in in the in the spring and so i don't know it's tough right like but i will say the other person who i thought about i was like who or who um only because i see them as somewhat similar kind of players and maybe this is like a disrespect to their games but but was Boone Jenner, right? Like, do you, you know, do you gamble with an Eric Robinson who's a couple years younger, who, you know, might give you some some middle six, bottom six minutes? Um, but I also don't think that this that's how the team is gonna want to use Boone Jenner. So well, and I think when you're again, we go back to the leadership aspect of the team too, with Nick gone and you know we've we've discussed Nick's possibilities before on here um with Nick gone with Seth more than likely being traded 
um, before things get started. That leaves Boone and Cam, um, who officially wear letters, um, you know, and you got to have those pieces too. Um, and so, yeah, it was, this one was kind of, it's kind of rough because of who the players that we are leaving exposed because they are quality players on a brand new team, like would really like, like Eric Robinson, like Kevin Stenland, you know, like Andrew Peak. Um, so it just, yeah, but I'm very, I am slightly shocked that we are the same. Cause I really thought that I haven't listened to the front and nationwide episode, but I really thought that they were going to lead you away from Gus Nyquist and I, for some reason, I have loved Gus Nyquist from the moment he came to be a Blue Jacket. Um, There's just something about him. I just, I love his attitude. Um, I love what he brings to our team. Well, I also think that he picked us, right? Like, yeah. There's something about that that I think adds that element. Like if you sign somebody as a UFA, like they picked you. And, like, I'm just obsessed with calling him Gus Gus, and I would love for someone to who's good at drawing to make me a little Gus Gus from Cinderella with his jersey on it, and I would just be over the moon. We might get sued by Disney, but listen. We're not going to post it. No, but I'm saying, like, let's maybe, let's talk to Steven. Let's be like, hey, buddy. Steven. <laughs> um, a Gus Gus mouse. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think here's, and this is no disrespect to Eric Robinson, right? Like, but the last time we like jumped through hoops to try to protect Eric Robinson was to protect Josh Anderson from being taken by Vegas. And in the midst, we gave up a first round draft pick. We gave up um you know William Carlson obviously like we gave like there's so much right that like we gave up in that situation for that to not work for us right like Josh stuck around like contributed for the time that he was there but he's gone now and yeah he brings in Max but like that I think like when you reflect on some of the moves that this current regime has made that's one that you question right and I guess the bigger point is like, do you do that again for Eric Robinson? Because I know that we have this bias of like being Columbus Blue Jackets fans and like seeing Eric Robinson play. And he was one of four or five, maybe not even that many players this year that played all 56 games. And I think we all feel like there's some potential there that exists that isn't, that wasn't used by John Tortorella. And he played mostly four fine minutes, but like, what if that truly is like all that the player is going to be right? Like, I don't think you, I think, and maybe this is, again, unfair to Eric Robinson, but I feel like there are more Eric Robinsons in the league than there are Gus Nyquists and Max Domi. Yeah, I agree with you. And maybe that's not fair, but... Yes, and no, and I think for me as one of the more emotional one out of the two of us, um, it is one of those things where you have to sort of separate the warm and fuzzies a a huge majority of the fifth line feels towards Eric Robinson because we've seen him develop you know we've seen him you know work on on things and get better and do a lot of good things for this team but then you also look at like you said there's there's a lot of Eric Robinsons in the league but 
Diamonds in the Rough are Max Domi and Gus Nyquist. I mean, Max healthy because honestly, I think Max was playing a majority of this season hurt. Um, and so Max healthy could be super incredible for us also as an asset. Gus, now that he is healthy, um, which is ironic because they both had the same surgery. Um, <laughs> but Gus, healthy. I mean, Gus did incredible things for us before he hurt his shoulder. And he brings that, you know, veteran player energy into the locker room. He's already a part of, the, like, the expanded leadership team. So he's working behind the scenes with Cam, with Boone, with Oliver, like, with Elvis um, to – build upon this new this transition that we're taking as a team so like those are also things that you have to take into consideration would i love to keep robbie absolutely but when you're putting them up against the three like i pick the other two no i I agree with you and and here's uh, let me make sure that i'm not putting my foot in my mouth but i think i'm right about this there is another scenario that we have not talked about that i think is interesting um but while i while i make sure i'm right about that talk to me about if you had to protect another defenseman and really with the understanding that like you know peak is protected and and thinking through that like who would you have chosen if the blue jackets do end up trading seth jones oh 100 without a doubt michael delzato so um, so that's we we don't have to protect Michael Delzato because oh, of the free okay. agent. The list you sent me is wrong. Then <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why because, that shows that way. This is why that shows that way. Green. So so the reason it shows that way, and this is the scenario that I was mentioning, is that if the Kraken sign a free agent during the time in which they are able to discuss a contract with one of our free agents. Then they and they sign that player, they do not, they cannot take somebody from our team, right? So like they can sign a Gus or they can sign a, a Michael Delzato or or they can sign um, you know, like uh oh god, who else? Um uh Miko Leighton, or they can sign um, you know, a Stefan Mate- could you imagine if Stefan Mateo saved the day in that way? Well, then I guess my only other option is Dean Kukin. Right. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, technically, I think Scott and Harrington. I have no emotional feelings towards him. I feel like Scott Harrington and maybe even, I don't even know if Gabriel Carlson is eligible because I don't think he played enough games. According to the list that you gave me, neither Harrington or Carlson are available or need to be protected. Here's my other question. I wonder if that means that they don't have to be protected or if it means that they don't meet the requirements of like having to, to expose a certain number of people. But I wonder if Seattle could still take them. You know what I mean? Like even if they don't meet the requirements of, um, of that, like that's where I'm like, huh? Like, I I don't know. Expansion's weird y'all. We're going to get through it in a week's time. We're never going to have to think about this again. I don't think the NHL is expanding past 32. And if it does. It's not going to be for a little while. It takes years. I'll eat my words. But But yeah. So, I mean, obviously Dean Cookin, because he is, you know, 
We need defensemen. <laughs> that is true. That we do. Um, but this is another one of my theories. It's like, I almost, I don't think Seattle will take Dean Kukin. Like he's going to be left on, he's going to be left exposed. But what I do wonder is, do the Kraken take him? <laughs> and if they do, then Eric Robinson's safe. And I wonder, I wonder if that's like a conversation that's being had. Like, I wonder if that's like something that they feel might be possible. I, I personally don't think that it is. I think if you told me Dean Kukin or Eric Robinson, I'm going to take Eric Robinson pretty much nine times out of 10, but maybe, maybe the Kraken feel differently. Like maybe they're analytics. I kind of think if you're giving me Dean Kukin and Kevin Stenland, I'm taking Stenland. Interesting. Okay. Like, and not over Robinson, but if you're like. No, over Kukin, like if you were those two. I mean, he's not a terrible defenseman, but I think that they're going to be based on people who are having issues with cap space and people who are not protecting pretty major players on their teams. I think there's going to be higher quality defensemen that the Kraken are going to be able to take. No offense to Dean Kukin, because obviously I just stated that he is an asset to our team. Right. But when you're looking at levels, there's going to be some higher level defensemen available for the Kraken to take over Dean Kukin. Right. So. Yeah, no, that's. Yeah, you're right. Here's I mean, my I other... love you, Kooks. I do. He's a big listener. He's going to be pissed. Um, <laughs> be like that bitch. <laughs> Here's the question, though. Like, if you're the Jackets, I know I just got done talking about how, like, one of the, like, in hindsight, one of the moves that you would probably question is all the things that we did to make sure that Josh Anderson didn't get picked or some other folks, too, because Josh wasn't the only person. I actually think, like, Corpy was one of the people that they were trying to protect, and there's a whole slew of people. Um, Do you talk to Seattle about what it would take for them to take Dean Kukin? Like, do you say, like, hey – we really don't want you to take Eric Robinson. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that take? And I don't know what what that looks like. Like, I don't know what that return looks like. So that would be interesting to know. Um, that would but be interesting. I mean, we, we have a lot to work with. We have three first-round picks. If they tell me Eric Robinson – if they tell me that we have to give up a first-round pick to protect Eric Robinson and we do it, I'll be pissed. Like, I, I would hate to waste the first round pick on protecting Eric Even Robinson. if it's pick number 32? Pick number 32. 100%. He, he, Eric, okay, without being a dick, Eric Robinson's not a first round talent. Like, I just don't think he is. Like, and, and it's, and, and to be fair, right? Like, you know what you have with Eric Robinson, and you know, you know, like, you know what. What am I trying to say? You know what you have with Eric Robinson? You don't know what you're going to get in the draft, right? Like, that is gambling at its finest. Like, even at pick one, Owen Power could be a flop in the NHL. Like, there's no – it's all a gamble based on what you know about the players. And especially this year, that's that might not be as much. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't do it. Like, and, like, you're not just losing the first-round pick. Then you're also losing, losing Dean Kukin. Or you're losing somebody that they agree to take. Maybe it's, maybe it's Kevin Stenland, right? Like – what what do I have to give you to take Kevin Stenland? So, yeah, I uh, I don't think I do. Like I, it sucks. Like Eric Robinson's a good player, but 
nobody in the NHL is a bad player necessarily. Like you're gonna no, lose if you make it if you make it to the NHL and I mean you are clearly talented. Right. It's right. just there's levels and like sometimes the levels drop off a lot. Yeah. You know. Correct. I agree with you, friend. So when we inevitably trade around away a first round pick to save Eric Robinson, I'll take that clip of me being pissed off about it and post it so that everybody on Twitter can drag me. Um, but that that pretty much wraps up. I mean, do you have anything? I know, Laura, we have a really special interview to get to, and I want to make sure that we give folks the space to listen to that because you did an incredible interview with a very special guest. But do you have anything expansion draft related that we didn't talk about so far that that's kind of on your radar? I mean, I'm very excited. This is the first expansion draft that I – We'll get to see because I came to be a fan shortly after the Vegas expansion draft. So I didn't get to see any of that. Um, so I'm excited to see, um, as all of you know, Jeremy and I are already excited for the Kraken. They are our secondary team. Um, just because from the go, everything that they've done has just been like magical. Mm-hmm. Um, we've even started considering like just signing up for their like ticket information mailing list um (laughs) but you know obviously our hearts are in columbus but i'm just excited because i'm excited for the kraken i'm excited to have them join the league um and just see how everything goes because it is going to be like interesting to see who they take from each team and who i mean we're just hearing about teams i know as tomorrow which is thursday and friday go um and even saturday leading up to i think it's the 3 p.m it's either 3 p.m or 5 p.m that they have to submit their um lists but we're gonna start hearing like i think some pretty major players that aren't going to be protected because of this cap space issue because of veteran players that teams you know don't really want to keep paying for their contracts um you know all this sort of stuff so you know it's gonna be i think there's gonna be a a lot of heartbreak i don't think it's gonna be as dramatic of what i've read about the vegas expansion draft but i do think there's gonna be some very interesting things for us to discuss after it all goes down next wednesday um but yeah and i think aren't we are we gonna live stream watch it you know what girl yeah we are we're gonna do it we'll be here we'll be on twitter so make sure you catch us on twitter when we do that because that'll be our next episode question mark i guess yeah we'll say yes um so definitely be on the lookout for that but laura i am going to throw it over to you now to introduce a very very special guest i hope you all enjoy this interview as much as i did um so laura take it away Welcome in, everybody. Um, We are very happy to welcome a very special guest um, for a special portion of the show today. We are here with Director of Community Partnerships and External Relations, Jen Kuhn of the Kaleidoscope Youth Center here in Columbus, Ohio. Um, The Youth Center works with LGBTQIA plus youth here in Columbus. And as many of you will remember, um, earlier in the month of June, Jeremy and I dedicated um, and matched, or will be matching the proceeds from our Pride Month uh, logo to go to Kaleidoscope 
And we just wanted to shine some light on this incredible organization and all the work they're doing um, for these very special youth in Columbus. So welcome, Jen. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Okay, absolutely. So let's get started and we'll talk a little bit. Can you tell me about Kaleidoscope and sort of how it was formed and how it came about in Columbus? Yeah, definitely. So Kaleidoscope Youth Center, um, we actually started in 1994 as a kind of a crisis hotline, but specifically for LGBTQ young people. Um, you know, it's a place that they could go to get support. And one of the things that they discovered uh, you know, that was consistent on all the calls was, you know, the youth wanted a place to be and to me and to like kind of share in, in peer support and that kind of thing. So yeah, in 1994, um, the actual first iteration of the drop-in center um, was in the basement of a church here in Columbus and they met once a week and it just kind of grew from there. And so we've been around for 27-ish years now and we are in our um, I guess fifth location um, for the drop-in center, which is located in the Discovery District of Columbus. Um, it's an old historic um, refurbed house um, built in like 1900. Um, so it's pretty, pretty big. It's pretty cool. Um, but our drop-in center, it operates uh, Tuesday through Fridays. We're kind of considered an after-school program because we start around 3.30 and we'll go to 7 or 8 p.m. depending on the day. Um, but we're for uh, youth, 12 to 20, um, and we focus, um, we center uh, LGBTQ youth, but we, you know, allies, friends, family, like they can, they can attend as well. Um, within the center then, you know, our programming is around social activities, discussion groups, uh, we do leadership development, life skills development. And really it's, it's kind of about young people finding um, safer, affirming spaces um, and then kind of empowering them to go out into the community and to continue to build those safer and affirming spaces like in the schools or you know, wherever they may be. Awesome. And you touched a little bit briefly on it. Um, and I know we talked a little bit before we started recording, but can you tell us um, some more about the programs and services that you provide, um, especially since, um, as you told me, you're going to be going back to, to in-person programming here very soon? Yeah. Um, so mostly we're mainly known for the drop-in center, as mentioned, um, which is for the 12 through 20 age range. Um, and in addition to the drop-in center, we actually work with schools as well. So we're the hub for the Ohio GSA network, and that's the Gender and Sexuality Alliance Club. And that's part of a national um, group as well. And so we work with middle and high school students and, you know, they're, they're kind of staff advocates to kind of, again, ex extend that safer and affirming space into those areas. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, we do professional development training, community education, and that kind of also stemmed from working with schools because we wanted to provide um, workshops and consultations for, you know, school staff, teachers, administrators, and all of that. But, and that's kind of grown into, um, you know, working actually with corporations and businesses as well that are considering the workforce for tomorrow. And so like, they want to know, how can we make our spaces safer and affirming for 
LGBTQIA young people. Um, so we work with them as well. Um, but one of the things too that we launched, we actually launched it in 2019. So it was a little wonky because 2020 came around, you know, there was a pandemic and we had to shut down for a little bit, but we launched a community-based wellness program. And what that is, is that also provides like coordinated direct access to wraparound services. So, you know, if a young person comes to us and, you know, they're in need of I don't, medical support, legal support, um, or housing or things like that, we're able to connect them with other community partners or, you know, some of that we can also provide um, help with. And so we, we launched that in 2019. Um, and that's actually for young people ages 16 to 24. So it was an opportunity that we could expand our age range a little bit more, which is really exciting. And off of that, we actually um, developed some housing programs. They're, they're small right now. Um, we have rapid rehousing, supportive housing and emergency housing. And I think maybe, don't quote me on this, but I think we're around housing eight to 10 folks total amongst those, those areas. But what we're doing is targeting um, LGBTQ plus young people who are 18 to 24 and you know, providing them just a safe place to stay in case management support and things like that so that we can kind of help um, get them to a place that they can um, you know, thrive and be able to, to kind of be out on their own safely and, and things along those lines, so yeah. Awesome, that's absolutely incredible. Um, so if there's someone listening or someone knows someone, um, how, what is the best way for, um, a young person to either get in contact or utilize some of your services? Um, how is the best way for them to, to get in contact with all of you? Yeah, the, you know, if you're interested in like drop-in center program, if you're interested in joining for, you know, just general groups and activities, um, you know, that's free. And that's literally like drop-in, just come by um, Tuesday through Friday, at 3.30. And our schedule is actually located on our website. So if you went to kycohio.org, our schedule for the week, what programs we have, it's going to be up there. We also post our schedule on Instagram. So you can follow us on Instagram at kycohio. So we try to keep the theme kycohio on all of our social media. Um, so you can kind of check that out. Um, but if you're a young person who's also like maybe you're in need of resources, so you know, maybe you're, yeah, you know, in need of hygiene products, clothing, um, maybe you're in unsecure housing situation or anything like that. Um, you can also, if you go to our website at kycohio.org slash housing, um, you can actually be connected to our community-based wellness team and they'll be able to, um, you know, kind of figure out what the situation is. Um, you, you know, you have to fill out a short survey that just kind of helps us with um, you know, needs assessment, demographic information, all kind of like, you know, scientific or whatever kind of stuff. And we're able um, to, to, to help you with whatever it is. We'll meet you where you're at um, and kind of go from there. But really, if anybody needs anything, just go to kycohio.org and we, we have the information there. Perfect. Very, very quick and simple and easy access. That's, that's awesome. Um, so this is kind of maybe something that 
some people may not know, but can you maybe shine a light on what you think is the biggest issue facing the LGBTQIA plus youth community in Columbus right now? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. So, I mean, right now in Ohio in general, I, I think with the young people, especially, you know, we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of amb ambiguity around all laws. Um, we have a lot of legislation that's being introduced that's like targeting LGBTQ young people, particularly trans youth. Um, and, and it's kind of, you know, it's really creating, um, I mean, it's creating an awful environment, right? Um, in, in the public discourse. And like, literally people are having these conversations, uh, you know, whether or not this person is valid, they're having it like out in the open. And so young people are hearing, um, you know, all this negative talk. And so I, I think it's really, um, you know, it's awful and it's affecting them, their mental health, right? And so, you know, I, it, more than ever, I think it's really important that if someone is an ally to the community um, or if they know someone who is LGBTQ that they just, you know, to really vocalize and show your support right now, because, you know, literally the youth are hearing everywhere whether or not they should be here, whether or not they should exist, right? And absolutely, yes, you belong here. And, you know, we, we really try to put out there, KYC tries to put out there that you are loved. Um, and we, we want you here, we want you around and we want you to thrive. Um, and so we, we're, we're working, um, you know, with local legislators and we're working with Equality Ohio to, to kind of make sure that we're bringing the youth voice um, to the table in these, in these debates and, and things like that. So we're definitely working to kind of improve that, but definitely right now in Ohio, um, yeah, all these, all this, all this gross dialogue, that's, that's a real big issue right now. Yes, I 100% agree. As I, I told you before we recorded, Jeremy and I both work with college-age students um, in our regular jobs and um, quite frequently with um, students in this community as well. And advocating for them and doing exactly what you said, reminding them that they are, that they are loved, that they belong here and that, you know, the world may not seem as welcoming right now, but we're working, we're working on um, making it a better place and being, being advocates is such an important, important thing to do right now. If you know and love someone in this community. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And then Jen, if um, any of our listeners to the show want to get involved with Kaleidoscope or donate, can you tell them a little bit about how um, they can go about that? Yeah, um, real high level basic, you know, again, kycohio.org is going to have that information. But, um, you know, if you're interested in volunteer opportunities, you know, we have, we're still at since we're not really post pandemic, but, you know, after like being shut down and everything, but coming off of that, um, you know, we're starting to do um, volunteer days of service again, which is where um, a group of folks, whether that's your friends, your colleagues from work or anything like that, you can kind of get together, um, come out for either a Friday or Saturday, hang out and just 
do a variety of things that we might need around the center. So it can, it can be everything from as labor intensive as like we're moving furniture, we're out in the yard, we're kind of making things pretty, or it can be like, Hey, we're stuff an envelope for a mailing campaign and things like that. So we have those opportunities. We do have opportunities to volunteer with the youth in the center directly one-on-one. Um, I think right now we're at capacity for that in terms of like how many we're, I guess, letting into the space right now, but you can always be put um, on a waiting list for that. And we'll follow up with you. Um, the sign up for that is again on our website. Um, and then, you know, when we hold events, when we do fundraisers or when we do events with the youth, like we have a pride event that happens in June, we have other prom, um, which usually happens in May and we have a back to school event in August as well. And at those, we always need, it, it's open to the community. So volunteers are always welcome um, to come out and either help set up, tear down or work the event itself. And those opportunities are usually posted on our website or if you sign up for our newsletter, um, you can also uh, find out about that as well. So that's, that's always really valuable to volunteers. Um, we love them so much. Um, but then also, yeah, if you're able to give, um, you know, monetarily or to donate in that way, um, we obviously always need that. Funding is always super important for um, a nonprofit. We are 501c3. So, um, you know, tax deductible, like totally. Um, so you can uh, do that on our website. You can always reach out to me too directly through email. You can email me at jen, J-E-N, at kycohio.org. Um, and, you know, I can kind of connect you to whatever it is you're interested in doing. Um, we're always open to, like, you know, whatever your personal gifts are, you know, and you want to utilize that in some way with us, um, we're happy to have a chat and see what we can do. Awesome. Well, Jen, I can't thank you enough for joining me today and helping our listeners learn so much more about the incredible work that Kaleidoscope does um, for the LGBTQ youth in Columbus. Um, and again, listeners, you can follow them on social media at KYC Ohio and definitely go to their website if you're looking for additional information um, on how you can get involved or how you can uh, donate to help this cause at kycohio.org. Jen, thank you so much. I, we both greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you for inviting us out and for supporting not just KYC, but supporting our young people in the community. Thank you. And I mean, it's just really great work that the Kaleidoscope Youth Center is doing. And I know that you and I are just so grateful to be, you know, able to to give to the center in some way, shape or form. And, and I know, speaking for myself, like, I, I hope that this is a partnership that continues and uh, one that we can continue to give to and we can continue to encourage our fellow fifth liners and our fellow subjectively speaking, you know, listeners and family to, to really contribute to. Yeah, it was an absolute honor to get to interview Jen and also to do this short campaign and in raising a little bit of money to go towards such an incredible cause. Um, as you and I have both said multiple times on this podcast, part of why we started this was because we wanted to build a community and we wanted to build a community where everyone felt like this was a safe space, like this is an open and welcoming space um, for hockey fans of all you know, of all, just like everyone is welcome. And Kaleidoscope is doing all of that and more for the LGBTQIA plus youth community in Columbus. And they are truly an organization, like Jeremy said, that we really hope 
we can continue a partnership and next year we'll be able to do the whole month of June. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, cause our merch store will be a year old at that point. Um, but we'll be able to dedicate the whole month of June. Um, and hopefully be able to, to do another lovely donation to Kaleidoscope and all the incredible work that they do. Yes, definitely. And, and speaking of community, Laura, we have a really great one that we're a part of. It's this Blue Jackets Fifth Line community. And I know that I am so excited to really begin to engage with them over the course of the next few weeks with the draft, with everything. Uh, but y'all aren't going to want to miss what we're doing between now and then. So I'm going to really need y'all to make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. I'm going to need y'all to make sure that you're checking out the merch store. So that way you're really familiar next June when we do the campaign, you know where to do it. Jer uh, I almost said Jeremy and I. Laura and I are currently wearing our Subjectively Speaking merch. It's a really great look. Um, and I've also got like all the Subjectively Speaking. Hold on, let me, I know that, I'm gonna have to post this clip now because I'm about to do like a visual aid. I don't, I can't, the mirror thing is messing with me. But like, rest in peace for our girl. The original logo. Her. The original logo. The she homage got to Boomer. She, she got us started and Steven took us into the to the next generation. And you know, in a, I in mean, a massive way. I'm obsessed. This is yeah. like my favorite thing. Is this correct? Shirt. I feel a little bit pretentious wearing my own shit, but like listen, I'm into it. Hey, self-promotion. I'm saying. Um, but yes, so definitely make sure you're checking us out on all of those platforms. We have a YouTube that we've only ever posted one video to. So if you're really a fan of our hockey podcast network introduction. You're definitely going to want to go watch that. I haven't even checked to see if that has any views ever, but maybe you can be the first. Um, make sure that you are subscribing, you're liking, you're rating our podcast on Apple Podcasts, you're subscribing on Spotify. I really don't know what that stuff does for us other than just you listening to our content, but it is important. That's what they tell us. Um, and this is not my normal gig. This is not my full-time gig uh, doing the the last section, the wrap-up, the, the social media plug. So Laura, am I forgetting anything? Not necessarily, but I do want to give a shout out to our friends at 614 Hockey, um, who this yes. week announced in collaboration with uh, CBJ Gives Back, the Kivy Forever um, memorial shirt and hat that are now available on 614hockey.com. Uh, proceeds from the sale of either of those items are going straight to the Matisse Kivlenix Memorial Fund. Um, this fund has been created by the Blue Jackets in order to support and fund youth hockey programs both here in Columbus and over in Kivy's home country of Latvia. Um, the McConnell family has also uh, made the announcement that they will be matching the first $80,000 that get donated to the fund. Um, Kivy was a huge supporter of youth hockey programs. If you read any of the stories about um, the impact he had, especially up in Cleveland and here in Columbus and over in Latvia, he was a big supporter of youth hockey programs. And this is an incredible way um, to support and keep his memory alive. So again, go support our friends over at 614 Hockey and go help memorialize our beloved Kivi and visit 614hockey.com to get your Kivi Forever uh, merchandise. Yes, definitely. Um, and until we get the chance to see you all, um, you know, in person at Nationwide Arena, hopefully, or just get a chance to connect with you when we live stream next week for the expansion draft, uh, make sure you're staying well, you're taking care of each other, you're taking care of yourself, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye.